Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here in Cincinnati and Dayton with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky as well. Dan's the president of Matson and Capril, a certified financial planner. Check him out online by going to quizdan.com. That's quizdan.com or by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan, thanks for being here this week. How are you, sir? Well, like a lot of our listeners, I'm in Bengal recovery mode right now. But, um, you know, other than that, we're kind of used to this here. So I think we've got about 35 days until uh, catchers and pitchers show up for spring training. So hope springs eternal. The, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the, the week-long uh, recovery period is still going, huh? There's no, there's yeah, no end yeah, in sight? I, I, this, this one may take a month, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. All the way to baseball yeah. season, huh? Well, only because it had to do with Pittsburgh, you know. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll carry our way through to the next year. We'll, we'll get through it. Just like market volatility, this too will pass. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just slide through that topic and uh, get into some more pleasant things maybe to discuss today. We've got a lot on the docket, although, you know, maybe this is apropos for Bengals fans and uh, their hopes for next year. We'll be talking about some of the lies we tell ourselves in the financial world i'm, mm. I'm just kidding just kidding that doesn't yeah, apply no to that is good things. like this year will be next year will be different yeah next, next year will change listen uh, listen we're we're used to this here you that's know? right we've been through this and and for those listeners who are out there who are browns fans well you've got it even worse so it happens at least you're not cubs do. fans right there's, there's always Cubs you know, fans. But the Cubs have the ultimate um, jinx breaker as their, their team president because he wanted, he was it's able true. to get the Red Sox to win. So I've said it many times, if he can get the Cubs to win, I don't care how much money it takes. Either the Browns or the Bengals have to hire Theo Epstein. Even if he's just on payroll and doesn't do anything, he's a good luck charm. <laughs> he can switch sports with no problem. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. Well, we'll talk about some of those lies that we tell ourselves. Uh, planning for couples, some of the things you need to think about uh, that might be different than somebody who is single and planning for retirement. Also, how the rich are different. We'll learn about that in Tales from the Tax Side. Dan has lined up another good story for us, but we want to ask you to submit your questions by going to quizdan.com. Right there on the page, you can see where you can submit a question to be featured on the show. That's quizdan.com. We've got one this week from Jack in Springboro. Jack says, do you recommend, Dan, that everyone take advantage of the catch-up provision and contribute more to their 401k once they turn 50. I don't really think that I need to put more than I'm already putting into that account, but it would also be hard to pass up the opportunity to further reduce my taxable income in this year. What do you think? That's a great insight, Jack. Um, first of all, you know, logic would say, well, when is saving bad? And so you're right. I mean, if you could put more in and, and when is lowering your taxes bad? Well, if you can lower your taxes now, that, that seems logical too. Here's the real concern that I'm, I'm having going forward. 
We our tax rates now are not high at all by historical standards. In fact, they're on the lower end. And when I look at what we're doing in Washington or what we're not doing in Washington, we've got over 18 trillion dollars of debt. We've got baby boomers getting older. As baby boomers get older, the needs for social security, Medicare, Medicaid continue to grow. And the worry that I have is that tax rates could go up in the future. I mean, they just went up not that long ago. And so if you're a retiree and you're sitting there with your entire nest egg in a 401k IRA 43b type of an account. If the government raises taxes, it's going to affect you. That means you own less of your account. Not only that, but withdrawals taken from these accounts will have an impact as to whether or not your social security benefits are taxable. The modified adjusted gross income calculation on social security taxation kicks in at $44,000. A lot of times I've seen people just the required minimum withdrawals they have to take from these accounts when they reach 70 and a half is enough to make them have to pay taxes on their social security benefits. So, you know, if you're in the 25% tax bracket and suddenly you've got to pay, you know, tax on your $40,000 for the social security, I mean, we're talking serious money here that 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 needs that it's going to be owed. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, 10 grand a year in tax. So, you have to look at this carefully. Um, this is an this is another example where it's going to depend on you, Jack. What I do is when we sit down with clients is we look at how much is already in that account. If the employer is going to match, I always want you to do that. But if we take the extra and we may want to consider using the extra to fund a Roth IRA if we can afford it, we may want to consider using the extra amount to pay tax on a Roth conversion. So it's a tricky question. It has to be customized to you, but you're making a very very good observation because I get very fearful that 401k plans are a ticking tax time bomb down the road and we have to be prepared we have to have alternatives than just having all of our money sitting in that account because otherwise we're completely at the mercy of congress and how much they want to tax those accounts going forward and it creates a, a tough situation if you leave yourself vulnerable to that without a plan and that's why we talk about these things here on solving the financial puzzle because that's one of the important pieces how to handle exactly your 401k again the number to call to reach Dan and the team here in Cincinnati and Dayton 844 quiz dan that's 844-784-9326 or go to quizdan.com let's hop over to west carrollton and get a question in from edgar edgar says i have a small business do you recommend that i put my kids on the payroll Well Edgar the first question would be do your kids do work in the in the <laughs> business okay if they do absolutely i recommend that because they can take roughly $6300 of income and not pay a single dollar of tax on it so if you think about it what you would be able to do is have money paid to them pay no income tax on it at all use that money for whatever you want i like to call it a tax deductible um dental plan our braces fund for your kids or a tax deductible college account um absolutely um you know the rules are that your child has to be at least 7 years old there has to be a contract of employment um and you should do direct deposit into the account they have to be a real employee but yes i'm a big proponent of putting kids on the payroll i mean aside from the tax advantages obviously kids are going to learn about work uh maybe they won't take our us parents for granted so much if they see how hard we work and and what's involved in in doing what we do um i recommend if you can to put your spouse on the payroll in fact i've got a list in my office of about 25 different things 
that small business owners tend to completely ignore. And as a result, they pay far more in income tax than they should. Now, I'm not a tax um, filer. I'm not a CPA. Um, I, I often joke the reason I'm not a CPA is because CPAs don't do tax planning. They do tax filing. Real planning begins at the beginning of the year. And so what you've just seen, Edgar, is one example of many things that you could do to cut your taxes. And, you know, we have this great program called the Tax Blueprint that we do for small business owners that I'd love to share with you or any of our small business listeners out there. Because what we do is we take a look at how did you end last year? What could you have done differently? And what proactive steps can you take to cut your taxes? It's not about filing a certain form. Sometimes it's about different actions that you take in your business like this, putting your child on a payroll or putting a spouse on the payroll or restructuring from a sole proprietor to an S corporation. There's a number of strategies that can be done that sadly get overlooked. And it's not the IRS's job to call you up and say, you know what, you pay too much. No, it's your job. So let's do this type of work because this is, you know, this is such a no-brainer. I mean, this puts money right into your pocket, and it doesn't expose you to any additional risk. And these are legal things. I'm not talking about, you know, pushing the envelope or just, you know, hoping the IRS. No, we want to be right up in front. We want to use the code to our advantage. That's what it's there for. There are 70,000 pages in the code. A lot of strategies that can be done. That's fantastic. What, a, what an amazing example that is. Great question, Edgar. Thanks for writing that one in. Uh, let's get one more in here, Dan. We've got a few moments to hop over to Blue Ash and get a question from Terry. She says, what is your take on the recent stock market correction? I figured we'd have a question about this. Yeah. yeah. She says, should I get out of stocks? Okay, Terry, I'm going to be a little bit of a nitpicker here, but let me, <laughs> let me emphasize to you. There is absolutely no such thing as a correction when it comes to stocks because a correction imp- implies a mispricing. Everything we know about any company, it's already factored into the price. The, the problem we get is a lot of people think that, that stocks are underpriced or overpriced based on nothing, based on no new knowledge. They just think that the market got it wrong. The market never gets it wrong. The market is what the market is. It's a series of supply and demand, people buying and selling. Bad news came up front. Nobody knew the bad news was going to come. And as a result, people decided to sell. So I just want to emphasize that to you because a lot of times people think that this stuff can be predicted. Well, it can be predicted about as well as the roulette wheel can be predicted. So let's be clear about that. Second of all, let's understand that market volatility is normal. 99% of the time, you're going to get a swing in market performance in any one day of close to 3%. Most of the time, it won't go to that stream, but a lot of times it will. And what we need to understand is this is the game. You're never going to get linear returns when you invest in equities. You know that going in. So when it happens, why be shocked? If you're in a prudently diversified portfolio, you're not going to remove yourself from all negative volatility, but you will minimize it. The sad reality is too often I see people taking on way too much risk than they should, And secondly, as soon as they see returns go down, what do they do? They sell. Well, that's not logical. The logical thing is sell when returns are high. But you know what? When returns are high, we get greedy. We suddenly say, oh, I don't want to sell. I'm just going to keep going. Of course, the fallacy there is that last week's return is going to be this week's return. It's not. And the same thing is when markets go down. So try your hardest to avoid the crystal ball. Look, you should be an investor for life. I've met 65-year-olds who say, well, I don't have a lot of time. Really? You could have 30 years. Now, I'm not saying all your money should be in equities. No. Your portfolio should be customized to you, the income you need, and where to, when you need to take it, etc. But try to avoid this game 
of saying I'm going to be in the market, get out. Think of all the people in 2008 who got out and didn't get back in until many years later. They did the complete opposite of what they told themselves they were going to do. You know you need to buy when prices are low, sell when they're high. The way you do that is by rebalancing. You know what? Now that equities have gone down, it's a great time to rebalance by moving money out of things that haven't gone down as much, maybe your fixed income, and buying more equities. So many things in life that go on sale, we buy more of. For some reason with our investments, we don't do that. In fact, we get rid of what we have. It's not logical. So avoid emotion here. We've got some great programs in our office designed to help clients through this process through our wealth coaching program. We understand very clearly that personal finance is driven largely by emotions, and emotions can be very problematic. So my encouragement for you, Terry, you know, as well as you, Edgar and Jack, because you've, you've had some great questions here. This is a, these are great examples of, of how planning needs to be customized because you have very specific issues. A lot of this stuff you're not going to get in a book. Come to our office. Let us sit down with you. Let us share with you what we do. We'll show you how you do it. You'll walk out having a good, clear understanding because we're not about selling products here. We're about developing new strategies and helping you to implement them. It's amazing what can be done when it comes to proper planning and how that can influence and change and craft the right plan for you. It's uh, truly amazing what proper planning can do for you. Call Dan Capril. Call his team at Matson and Capril by dialing 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Get in touch that way with Dan here in Cincinnati, here in the Dayton areas. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call. That's 844 844- 784-9326. And as always, you can submit questions through the website as well by going to quizdan.com. But set up a time to meet, come in, talk to the team. Stay with us right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. There's more coming up next. With a constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In Cincinnati and Dayton, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326 to schedule a complimentary review of your financial situation. Find out how you can better prepare for your financial future by calling Dan at 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Want more information about Dan Capril and the team at Matson & Capril? Visit us on the web by going to askdan.com. That's askdan.com. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach here in the area, a certified financial planner and president of Matson and Capril with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky, serving the Dayton and Cincinnati areas. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call to ask Dan some questions about your situation, or go to quizdan.com. Dan, let's talk about couples. Uh, do you find that most couples have spent a lot of time talking about retirement plans before they come to meet with you, or does that seem to be their first or maybe only their second conversation about financial matters that they've maybe ever had that it ends up taking place in your office? If from my experience, finances do get talked about uh, before they come see me. And in fact, they are a major reason for contention within the marriage. Mm. Um, I joke a lot about being a marriage counselor without a license. Um, but, uh, no, it's not unusual. I mean, if you look at studies as to why marriages break up, money is right along top with a couple of other things you can probably guess. But, uh, in truth, what, um, when it comes to actually what are the steps we have to take, um, they, they have a feeling for where they're headed, but no, I'm probably getting them to look at things 
that they never looked at before. I'm getting them to investigate areas that was relatively new to them or that they don't even really want to think about. So it, it's kind of a, a mixed bag. I will tell you this. The people that I work with who have the most success in retirement are relatively aware of where they are and what they have and what they're doing. They know they're not experts. They know they need some direction and help, but they don't just blindly stick it in the drawer and go on living, living their life. Um, they understand that they are part of this process, and they also understand with a good strategy that they both agree to that we can dramatically reduce the tension that often exists within a marriage as it relates to financial matters. So this is uh, what you're saying. That's the trend in the office. What are some of the primary things that then need to be discussed and decided between a husband and wife before they, you know, really get down to what you would consider true planning? Where do you steer that conversation? Yeah, I, I think first of all, you know, we, you know, we'll often say to them, "Well, what are your goals? You know, what are you planning for?" And it's perfectly okay for them to have different goals. The likelihood now is so much greater that that both of them are working. And sometimes one wants to continue going and the other is sick of it. All right, that's great. You know, let's develop the strategy for that. Um, a lot of times it's what are you going to do with your time? What are we going to spend money on? What role is or, you know, are we going to cut the umbilical cord when it comes to financing our adult children or not? So, you know, these are the types of things that, that need to come up because if there's not enough resources given their current approach, and a lot of times people will say to me, you know, I want to live on $9,000 a month, but the most that is really feasible might be six. Okay, well, what are we going to cut? What's going to be different? Are we going to work longer? Are we going to spend less? Are we going to save massive amounts more? Are we going to try to get higher rates of return, which it might be doable, but that one you have the least amount of control of compared to the, to the other three. So, you know, first of all, get a feeling when you're, when you're, before you even come see me, get a feeling for how long, if you're both working, how long you both really want to work and what you're going to do when you're done working. I, you know, my brother-in-law, believe it or not, he pays for an office for one of his retired employees in his office because that employee's wife cannot stand having him home every day, even though he's retired. So he comes to the <laughs> office literally every day to read the newspaper. It's crazy, right? Well, they should have had that discussion before he decided to retire. You know, they should have had a discussion about, well, what are we going to do? Very important. I mean, you go from maybe seeing each other only a few hours a day to 24-7. You know, that can be different. You know, what are the roles? Or, you know, how do we want to help our kids if we want to help them at all? Just lay it out. Let, let, let's get these discussions. What's on the bucket list? Um, I can't come up with these things. You know, it, my favorite one is when they tell me, well, how much do I need? And I say, I don't know what you need for retirement. You have to tell me. I mean, if it means for the next 30 days, you, like I said before, you record every expense that you have, we start there, great. But um, it's very important that we have a clear understanding about what you want to do. And you know what? If you've never had these discussions, fine, come in. We'll give you the stuff to talk about. You yeah, it may, it may take a few meetings to get through this process. We're willing to invest that time to do it right. Well, Dan, what are some of the things that husbands and wives end up disagreeing about when it comes to their retirement planning? I'm sure as, uh, you know, the, the untrained marriage counselor that you play sometimes, that hat that you yeah. wear, I'm sure you see disagreements. Right. Not everything's always peachy, right? Yeah. Generally, it comes down to uh, two areas, I find. Um, one of them is the kids, the adult children. You know, what role are they going to play in our personal finances? What you need to understand is, as far as I can tell, there is nothing in the Constitution that says you have to keep providing 
financial support to your 30 or 40 year old children. Uh, it, it doesn't say that. But there seems to be this compelling desire to do that because to some people, unfortunately, giving money is an expression of love. And we do an exercise with our clients called Discovering Your True Purpose for Money. That helps you to examine that if that's really true, um, because I would argue that's not. I mean, that's not how, you know, when, when someone loves me, it's not because they give me stuff. Um, and yet, as parents, we seem to fall into that trap very often. We, we so want a desire to provide. And, and so, yeah, I'll see there's conflict there. And it varies between whether it's the husband or the wife who wants to do it. Um, so that would be one area. The other area, it gets into things like big expenditures, um, the desire to continue to buy new homes and maybe live slightly beyond their means. I see that a lot, and um, you know, there's conflict between them as to what they want to do. Um, and a lot of times, you know, they look at me, what should we do? Well, I can't really give you the answer. I can tell you what you can afford to do, and then you can decide from there. And if you choose to do something that you can't afford, well, I can certainly tell you the long-term implications of that. Couples are never going to be on the same page about everything. I mean, we know that. You know, in fact, a healthy marriage is one where there is disagreement. Uh, but there has to be some type of compromise that, that is reached. And we can be helpful in that. But ultimately, it is the, it is the client who's going to make that decision. Again, we're talking with Dan Capril, our local financial and wealth coach for you here in Cincinnati and Dayton. 844-784-9326 is your number to call. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. Is it okay, Dan, for one spouse to handle all the financial matters, or do you typically encourage both to be heavily involved? Um, you know, if I incur, I can encourage, I guess, all day long, but the reality is that, you know, one spouse tends to be focused in that area and the other isn't. What I want is for both to be aware. I want them both, even if it's just, where do I go to find my stuff? That's, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, one of the things that we provide our clients is a system called e-money that on one screen puts everything they have. So, you know, not only their investments, but their bank accounts, uh, their mortgage balance, car payments, their budget, uh, it's all on one screen. And as long as they both know the login number, they can get into that and they can, they can see it all. So I want them to be informed because sadly, at some point, I only get to work with one of them. I don't get to work with both of them forever. And if, if the one who I get to work with longer has no, has no clue, now it makes for an extra stressful period of time. So um, be aware, no stuff. Uh, it's just good planning. You don't have to necessarily spend equal amounts of time on it. Always come to review meetings and things like that. I mean, I insist upon it. And um, understand that you both do play a role. It can be slightly different, but have the information. At least know where to go. Uh, don't be ignorant to all this. That old excuse that says, well, he always took care of it. Uh, you don't want that. You don't want that. Um, you both should be part of this process. You're a team. Let's work as a team. Well, speaking of a team, can you give us an example, Dan, of how you became the third member of that team? Maybe a situation where you helped a couple get on the same page and find a retirement plan that they could both be happy with and one that would be effective. Well, one couple that comes to mind, both worked for a very large company. And um, one was an attorney for that company and the other was in, um, was in sales and marketing. And she was miserable. Um, and he wasn't. He loved what he did. But they both had this idea that they both had to keep grinding it out. Now, they had no children, so working was kind of the, the norm for them. Um, but what happened was, after sitting down with them and showing them you know, where they were headed and the direction that we had, 
her employment was not essential at all to their success. They could have exactly the retirement they wanted if she retired tomorrow. And the look of joy on her face was tremendous um, because she said, you mean, and this is funny, it's true, so it's good. You mean I can fly fish whenever I want? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And actually, she actually then became the very first person to teach me how to fly fish, but, uh, which now I do a lot. But in any event, to, to show them that they could have individual goals here, you know, one could retire in their 50s. And the other could continue to enjoy what they're doing. It was it was very liberating for them because up until that point, they thought they had to hang it up together. No, you don't have to hang it out together. Sometimes it's just a matter of knowing the right information. So, you know, it's natural sometimes to just find yourself in this, this these beliefs. So this is the way it's going to have to be. And where are you? What are you basing that on? Let a third person like me look at your situation. Let me give you insights that are not based on emotion because it's natural for you to be based on emotion. Let me and my team study your situation. Look at your individual goals. And you know what? Maybe you can have your own goals and meet them all. Maybe there is a need for compromise. But isn't it, would it be great to know that as opposed to just thinking that's the case? I mean, there's been many times I've told people, I've said, you realize, of course, the only reason you're working now is purely optional. You have enough to retire tomorrow if that's what you want to do. And this look in their eyes that, really, I have reached that point of freedom? Yes. You know, using reasonable assumptions, et cetera. I mean, we can always play out doomsday scenarios, but that's not usually the way life works. So take advantage of having an unbiased look at your entire financial picture that will look at things like when can you retire, how much income can you have, uh, what's going to be the tax implications, what can we do to cut taxes dramatically, what role does insurance really need to play. Um, is my estate plan, doesn't need to be updated, we're not attorneys, but we can certainly help you with that issue. You know, have someone give you that direction to kind of create some clarity in your mind and hopefully create a real sense of peace of mind going forward. Here's what you got to do, though. You've got to pick up the phone and call Dan Capril and his team here in Cincinnati and Dayton by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. You can come in and get a complimentary review of your financial situation. Uh, 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call to set that up. 844-784-9326. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. That'll put you in touch. That'll allow you to get on the right track to finding out if you're in a good position financially or if you need to make some tweaks and some changes to your plan. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Remember that Dan is local right here in the Cincinnati and Dayton area with Matson and Capril, a certified financial planner. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Thanks for joining us on Solving the Financial Puzzle today. Walter Storholt once again alongside Dan Capril, certified financial planner and local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and Dayton with offices in Cincinnati, in Beaver Creek, and even in northern Kentucky as well. Dan is the president of Matson and Capril and the author of the book, Retirement Survival. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN to get in touch or go to quizdan.com. Dan, let's explore some of the financial lies that we're sometimes prone to tell ourselves. 
want you to explain the danger of each of these things and uh, how lies, we can maybe right. plan around I like it. That. Yeah, we all okay. tell ourselves lies from time to time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll pay back the money I've taken out of my savings, or in some cases uh, that I've borrowed out of my four hundred one k. People always do that, right? Yeah, uh, I, I I hear that rationale a lot, and <laughs> it's, it's amazing how rarely they actually do pay it back. Um, let's talk about some of the downsides. First of all, not only are you shortchanging your long-term strategy when you do that, because obviously whatever money you pull out is not going to grow. Uh, but secondly, you know, if you're going to do it against your 401k, it's particularly punitive. Think about it. You're borrowing money from the, the plan. It is your plan is value is going to get reduced. So even though it's a loan, um, you know, if someone had a hundred grand, they borrowed twenty. They don't still have a hundred thousand dollars working for them. You know, it's not like a bank came out and said, "Oh, you just keep your money invested." No, 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 no. That money's being basically set aside. You have to pay it back, and then you have to pay it back with after-tax dollars. So you may have to earn a dollar thirty for every dollar you put back. So it's a very expensive payment plan, and I'm not a fan of it. And here's the other thing too, is when you leave your employer, you may have to pay tax on it as well because now you're no longer there. So we have to be very careful about doing um, these types of things. Um, Look, I tell people that usually what forces us to have to do these things is a lack of patience. You know, people say, well, I've got to do X. I've got to spend money for, for this. Well, do you have to spend it today? I mean, could you develop a strategy so that you could set aside enough money to do it tomorrow? You know, it's amazing the things that we say we have to have that the caveman never had. And yet, you know, we force ourselves into making some bad, prudent decisions. So just be mindful of that. Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to borrow from this, how about, how about we get that word borrow out of our head for a second and say, you know what, I'm going to plan for this. I'm going to set aside money for this. Very interesting to consider that. And uh, you're right. I think a lack of patience might be a common trend through these different lies that people tell themselves. Here's another one. I have plenty of time to save for retirement later. After all, that's why they have catch-up contributions, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, if you're in your 20s, yeah, you do have plenty of time. But the thing you need to understand is time is your greatest ally. I mean, if you start in your 20s, you'll have to set aside such less amount of money than if you wait until you're 40 or you're 50. It's huge. I mean, the power of compounding interest goes up astronomically with time. You know, it's a great little exercise if you ever want to do it. Just take a – in fact, my, my uncle used to do this to us when we were kids. On our birthday, he would tell us, he'd say, all right, I'm going to give you a choice. You can have $10 or I'm going to give you a penny today and I'll double it every day for the next 30 days. Which would you choose? And we always took the doll, the $10. Well, Go ahead and do that math. You'll be amazed how much money you have in 30 days. Well, that's what compounding interest does. It makes you, you know, the interest starts to grow on itself. So, look, if you're young and you're just getting by, I don't care if it's 25 bucks a month. The habit of saving is powerful. And if you can start it, it's easy to build upon it, particularly as your earnings rise. But it just takes patience and discipline. And you know what? We all have it. We just got to force ourselves to use it. Amazing to consider these different things in retirement and even before retirement, because that's when the planning really happens is before you reach that retirement date. Oh, without question. For most people, the the comfort of retirement is the byproduct of what they did in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Here's another one. The bank is the safest place to keep my money. That's a lie that people tell themselves. Well, you know, a lot of it goes back to past generations. We had... um, 
we had problems with bank failures and then of course FDIC insurance came in and so you know if the bank fails the government will will replace the money through the FDIC account and of course money sitting in a savings account or a CD is you know it's guaranteed never to go into negative value it can only go up but here's the truth of it all you know you might get what half a percent one percent one and a half percent well what's inflation I mean if inflation cancels out all that you really haven't grown your money at all and then, of course, let's not forget that whatever return you get, well, probably Uncle Sam, unless it's in a Roth IRA, Uncle Sam's going to get a piece of that, too. So you may actually be losing money on that transaction. You know, it's like, I like to say, you know, you think your money's safe, but if it's not really growing in terms of purchasing power when you add in tax and inflation, well, what you're probably really doing is going broke safely. And that's not a good idea either. So if you're a long-term investor who understands volatility, uh, no, I, I, I don't see where it's safe. Now, money you need in the short run. You know, a lot of times people will call me and they'll say, I just got something for $50,000. What should I do? And the first question I'll ask them is, well, how much debt do you have? Well, I've got ten grand on my credit card. Well, let's pay that off. Or then I'll say, well, how much do you have sitting in cash reserves now? Well, I don't have any. Well, guess what? Let's put the next six months of living expenses in cash reserves. And they're almost disappointed because in the end, they got maybe $10,000 to invest long term. But you know what? If we take care of those other things, we can let that money grow long term. We have an emergency. We don't have to tap into money that's maybe sitting in a, in a portfolio of mutual funds that at the, at the moment is down. We don't want to tap into it when it's down. So bank accounts serve their purpose, but just be mindful. They don't pay a lot. And, uh, and in almost every case, you're going to pay tax. So you're really not making, you may not really be making any money when you factor in inflation. Mm, amazing. This is uh, the lies that we tell ourselves. And it's kind of unnerving to hear some of these things because uh, it's very reasonable for somebody to say something like, yeah, the bank, that's a safe place to keep my money. I mean, these are the things that we, on the surface, look real. It's kind of like the half-truths that I think we talked about recently. Uh, there's there's two sides to these stories. Sure, the bank might be safe in one regard, but in many other regards, it's not the safest place for your money. Uh, same thing with Social Security. And oh boy, the lies that people tell them themselves when it comes to Social Security, the most basic of which being, you know what, I'll just rely on Social Security. That'll get me through. Yeah, and sadly, that is the majority of most Americans. That's all they have. Um, depending on how much you earned during your lifetime, I mean, it might be enough to pay your rent and some food, but it's not going to give you a comfortable retirement by, by any stretch. I mean, yeah, especially if you live in an expensive part of the country, like in the Northeast or um, California. I mean, if you're going to get $2,000 a month or $2,500 a month from Uncle Sam, and you're maybe going to get a 1.5% one, one inflation adjustment, is that really going to make you um, give you a comfortable retirement? No, probably not. Now, I'm not one of these people who tell you that Social Security is going to go away. I, I don't think that – certainly I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. Um, there could be a better system, certainly. And uh, for younger people, I hope that we create one. But, uh, you know, even, if, even with the surplus of Social Security going away, potentially, which it won't, they'll, they'll, they'll change the law and, and make people put more money into it. But even if it did, the money going into the system is enough to support 75% of all benefits. Here's what you need to understand about Social Security. It's never, it was never designed to be a retirement plan. It's never going to be a retirement plan. Um, it's stretched enough as it is just to, just to pay out what it pays. You'll be lucky if you get maybe 1%, 2% inflation. You certainly aren't going to get your inflation rate increase, um, which is the, the cost, um, the increase in costs and the things that you buy. It's a nice supplement to retirement, but 
and for many people, it even gets taxed unless, of course, you develop some good strategies. So, um, yeah, you can rely on it to the extent that it might pay for some things in your retirement. But please don't don't buy into this belief. And I don't you know the government certainly isn't promoting this this belief that this will this will take care of you and you're going to be fine. No, no, no. It's um, it, it's it's minimal substance at best. And you should understand that, and, and you should do other things to enhance what you get from Social Security benefits. We're talking with Dan Capril here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, certified financial planner serving Cincinnati and the Dayton area as well. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call with questions and to set up a time to meet to discuss your situation. That's 844-784-9326 or go to quizdan.com. Another lie we tell ourselves, Dan, you only live once, so you might as well spend now. You know, you might live more than once. No. Um, here's the rea- The reality, though, is that you don't know how long you're going to live. So, you know, I, I always think about Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle died, I think it was probably in his early 70s, and he was in very bad health. And he said that if he had known he was going to live that long, he would have taken better care of himself. Because every man in his family had died, like, I don't know, by early 40s or something like that. Um, Look, I'm all for living for the moment. I'm all for making the changes in your life that you need to, to, to take to have um, you know, empowerment and to have happiness. I'm all for that. But your life is a very long period of time. So don't delude yourself into believing that somehow you know, nature will provide when it comes to finances. It probably won't. I mean, I guess people can win the lotteries in their 60s, but you probably won't. So, sure, have a plan. I mean, I'm, ne- I'm never suggesting that people give up, you know, everything and, and live like in a cave until they retire. No, I, I believe life is for living. I believe in-, in you taking control of your life and doing the things that you need to do to be happy. But I want you to be happy not only in your 30s and your 40s. I want you to be happy in your 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we can do that in this country. I mean, that's the great thing about this country. It affords so many opportunities for people to enjoy their life and be with their loved ones. But unfortunately, money is a part of that equation. So don't shortchange your future by taking that that attitude. You know deep down that's going to come back to hurt you. You know that. So listen to that little voice in your head that says, you know what, that's a lie. I got a plan for today. I can live today, but I also have to set aside some for tomorrow. You know what? If you gave up 10% of what you earned... I doubt seriously would have a major impact in your lifestyle. If you looked at the things you spend your money on now, I bet you could cut 10% just by looking at the waste that you have. Heck, your cable bill alone probably would do that for most people. That's, oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, there's probably a lot of waste in a lot of our spending habits. Uh, I think if we all look inside and stop lying to our, our – our first lie would be like, no, 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 we, we, we need everything that we spend money on. That would be another lie we could probably add to oh, this gosh. list. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Walt. No, it's no problem at all. Uh, let's squeeze in one more lie that we tell ourselves, Dan. There's too much uncertainty okay. with investing, and it's rigged against the little guy. All right, well, that's really two, a two-part statement here. So is there uncertainty with investing? Yes. And the reason for that is because markets react to news, and news is uncertain. The only thing that we have going for ourselves is in the history of the world of capitalism, the good news has been more permanently lasting than, than the negative news that we've overcome the problems that we have. Heck, look at the, all the, the historical problems that have occurred since the 1920s and the Great Depression. I mean, I could go on and on about the horrible news of that period. You know, world wars and um, Cold War and AIDS epidemic and you know, massive amounts of debt and, and 
terrorism, all that horrible news. And yet the life you lead today, well, it dwarfs that of your great-grandparents. And you know what? Going forward, it's probably going to be the same for your great-grandchildren if you're alive to see them. So that is just, uncertainty is always going to be there. That's why you don't put your money that you need in the short run in any type of um, uncertain in the vehicle. If I need money for my, for my mortgage, it's not going to go in the stock market. I have to be diversified and segregated out. As far as it being rigged against the little guy, you know, that's a sad um, statement that, that people believe that. What makes capitalism so powerful is that it really doesn't care who you are. The, the market filters out all the information and sets prices. I know a lot of little guys who bought Microsoft stock a long time ago and are now big guys. The way you become a big guy is you buy, you hold, and you rebalance the capitalist system. And that's the beautiful thing. And we can show you how to do that. We can show you how to take your portfolio and increase your chances for success. Guaranteed? No. Not at all. But statistically, it can prove it. We can show you how to balance your portfolio better so that when there is negative volatility, you won't go down as far. We'll probably show you things about your portfolio you've never seen through our portfolio MRI. So let's let's get caught up. Let's not. I mean, let's forget these these myths and these lies that we tell ourselves to rationalize bad behavior. We can show you how to do it. Our wealth coaching program is designed to show you insights that 98 percent of the time people have never been aware of. We go really deep down to help you take your planning to the next level. So take advantage of the fact that we meet with with people at no cost, a consultation, get an understanding of what their situation is. If you don't need our help, we tell you that too. Yesterday, I told somebody that. He was incredulous. <laughs> he was expecting me to say, you know, oh, you're, you're really messed up. No. He had everything in order. And, in fact, he, he was very happy with his advisor. Great. Go. But if you need help, we'll be here to tell you. Let's show you how to do it. Here's the number to call to reach Dan Capril and his team here in Cincinnati, serving Dayton area as well. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's your number to call. Make sure you're not lying to yourself anymore. 844-QUIZ-DAN. Make sure you have the right facts about the financial world and that you're implementing them appropriately when it comes to your plan. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. That'll put you in touch with Dan Capril here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, your local wealth coach here in the area, a certified financial planner, and the president of Matson and Capril. 844-QUIZ-DAN, that's 844-784-9326. Stay with us, more coming up on today's show right around the corner. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle. Composer Stephen Sondheim once said, the nice thing about doing a crossword puzzle is you know there is a solution. That's exactly how you can view the financial world. You know there's a solution to the sometimes complex challenges facing you, especially when you plan for retirement. And if you need some help finding the right answers, then keep listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. Thanks for being here this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter Storholt back with you again alongside Dan Capril, your local financial and wealth coach here in the Dayton and Cincinnati areas. He's a certified financial planner and the president of Matson and Capril. Dan is also the author of the book, Retirement Survival and the Retirement Survival Checklist. You can go to quizdan.com to learn more about those resources and tools, as well as tap into different ways uh, of finding out how you might be able to save on taxes and many more resources all available, available at quizdan.com. 
Com. It's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. This is Tales from the Tax Side, what we can learn about taxes in kind of a, a more fun way than you might think. Dan's got a good story prepared for us this week. What do you have, Dan? Well, today we're going to talk about the super wealthy. Um, F. F. Scott Fitzgerald used to say that uh, the rich are different. And of course, Hemingway uh, Hemingway responded by saying, yes, they're different. They have more money than you and I. In truth, the rich are different because they do pay a ton of taxes. Um, One of the biggest myths that gets perpetuated during every political season is that the wealthy don't pay their fair share. And uh, I think we're about to blow that out of the water here with some recent statistics that came out. Uh, this is from uh, tax year 2012. So if you were in the, the Forbes 400, if in order for you to be amongst the, the wealthiest people in the U.S., it would take about $100 million to join that elite group. And, and you would just be getting in because the average earnings for that group of people, and this is uh, for tax year uh, 2012, was $265 million. So that's, that's quite a bit of money. I mean, that's actually uh, more than the gross domestic product of you know, some small countries like Morocco or Ecuador. Wow. So, um, yeah, they, they really uh, have, uh, have done well. Now, where is this money coming from? Well, it may be surprise people to know that only about 8% of that money comes from actual salaried income, where the overwhelming majority of it comes from are capital gains, over half of it, about $139 million each. So the fact that they are selling things at a profit, whether that be their businesses, which is usually the case, or they're selling some stock. So, you know, contrary, again, to what, is, what has been made out of it, um, the average tax rate for that group of people is just under 23%. Uh, and that's up. Actually, that was, that was for 2013. Um, in 2012, it was 167 So it went up a bit, and the simple reason for that was because there was a tax increase. Uh, the top uh, rate, uh, the 2013 fiscal cliff bill, changed the capital gain rates from 15 to 20%. And then the Affordable Care Act threw on another 3.8% tax called a, the net investment tax that hits people of a certain level. So clearly, you know, these people are paying a lot of money. Now, which is interesting, of course, is that these are the people who have the very best planning and advice. And, and even with the greatest planning and advice, they still have to pay tax. But you can only imagine how high that tax would be if they, if they didn't. And it could just get worse. I mean, depending on who wins the election, and, and it really d- almost doesn't matter who wins the election because Congress writes the laws, or at least I think they used to before. It seems like executive powers are now a thing. But in any event, Congress does write the tax laws. That I still know is to be the case. And some of the candidates, they want to raise rates on investment income. Uh, there are some that want to make have no investment income tax. Well, there's probably always going to be an investment income tax simply because the Treasury needs the money. Um, so here's what we're faced with. We're faced with the possibility with higher uh, tax rates in the future that things like our, our retirement savings could get hit even more. So if you're doing a plan and you have not factored in this possibility or you have not developed a strategy to move some of your money from future taxable to tax-free, well, you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You're kind of putting your faith with the, the least of the people you'd ever want to put your faith in, which is politicians. So, you know, understand that you're going to pay taxes many ways. And as you succeed in life, the the taxes that you pay on your investments 
may actually be the most. In fact, when you retire, I can almost assure you that's going to be the case if you've got something like a 401k or an IRA or 403b. Um, the need for Washington's coffers for your money is just going to continue to grow. We owe over $18 trillion. The baby boomers are getting older. The dependency on things like Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security are just going to continue to grow. And even if we did cut taxes under the, under the understanding that just about every time we do it, the economy grows and even more money goes to the Treasury, for whatever reason, that doesn't seem to be the, the political um, thing to say. They'd much rather just levy a tax on higher earners. All right, listen, you can vote, but you've got one vote. Where your power comes is in making steps, taking steps right now, between now and whenever. If you're working, please hear me now. You've got the best opportunity. If you're in your 50s, you could have 10 years to put a strategy in place that could free you up dramatically from taxes during your retirement years. But it's going to take some very careful steps to do it. And that's what we do. We show people how to do that using our tax blueprint strategy. Learn more about this. You know, if you go to quizdan.com, we've got a a button that you can press right there. It'll say, cut my taxes now. And I'll send you information on how that program works, how you can develop strategies that when it's by the time it gets to where you're retired, you're not going to have to worry about what Congress is going to do. You're not going to have to worry that you're going to be viewed as a greedy, rich person that's going to have to pay more. No, you will have taken some steps. So at least a percentage of your money, maybe not all of it, but a percentage of it, will be completely sheltered from tax freedom. And you owe it to yourself to do that. I assure you the Forbes 400 is doing it. And you know what? You don't have to pay somebody outrageous amounts of money to utilize the very same strategies that they're using. Come into our office. Let us see what you're doing. Let us show you another way. Whether it's a better way or not, you will decide. But we will show you strategies within the tax code that give you tremendous amounts of tax freedom. You owe it to yourself to do it. Here's what you have to do. You have to pick up the phone. And you have to call Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Here's the number, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Or go to quizdan.com. That's quizdan.com. Dot com. That's another way to get in touch and also another way to learn more about how to save on taxes. As Dan mentioned, there's a button right there on the homepage. You'll be able to see it quickly and easily and uh, start learning about how you can better your financial situation, especially when it comes to taxes, something that's going to be on a lot of our minds here over the next couple of months as well. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. That's 844-784-9326. Your initial review and meeting with Dan and the team is always complimentary. 844-784-9326. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan is also an avid reader, and that's why each and every week here on the show, Dan likes to give away one of his favorite books. And what do we have on the docket this week, Dan? Got another classic here. This one's called The Millionaire Next Door. It's by Dr. Tom Stanley, the, the late Dr. Tom Stanley, unfortunately, and William Danko. And what they did is they profiled millionaires. Now, this book was written, I think, about 15 years ago when a million dollars was worth a little bit more than it is today. But what they discovered was, contrary to what many people thought, there are plenty of millionaires right there in average neighborhoods. And um, I often tell the story about somebody I know 
who um, lived in a, um, up until recently, lived in a mobile home park his entire life. And he was worth quite a bit. He could have bought the mobile home park. Um, the habits of gaining wealth um, are tremendously easy if you have discipline. Um, and I don't think this person, to be honest with you, ever made more than maybe $70,000 a year. But he was um, diligent about setting aside 10 15% of everything that he made. And Stanley and, and Danko, they profile people just like that. People who live humble lives, who have stashed away large amounts. They're not misers. They live normal lives. Um, but they understand discipline. Uh, they understand the steps that needs to be taken to, um, uh, to build wealth. And they understand the value of good advice. And in almost every case, they got it. They didn't speculate. No, they built it uh, the old-fashioned way by you know by holding and rebalancing very prudent portfolios and always paying themselves first. So if you say, well, I can't do that, well, this book is full of people who sh- will prove you wrong, that you can do that. There you go. It's The Millionaire Next Door. Here's the number to call to secure that book. The best question, the best call of the week that Dan gets, you'll get a copy of this book, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9320. You can also submit a question to qualify to win the book by going to quizdan.com and submitting your question there. That's quizdan.com. Dan, we're out of time for this week's show, but appreciate your help as always and look forward to next week's conversation. Same to you, Walter. Everybody have a great week. And uh, good luck on Recovery Road over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to need it. Thank you. (laughs) Again, that's Dan Capril, our local wealth coach here in Cincinnati and Dayton, certified financial planner, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's your number to call or go to quizdan.com. I'm Walter Storholt. For Dan and the rest of the team, we'll talk to you again next week here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.